0: Welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I'm your host, Claire Sieber, global career and leadership coach, facilitator, speaker and founder of Eating Your Cake 2, a business focused on helping you take control of your career and leadership success. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to amplify your influence, accelerate your career growth, create a real presence and have a true impact by learning the tools and strategies that you need to show up with more courage, more confidence and more clarity. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello, wonderful people and welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I am your host, Claire Sieber. And it is a super, super, super exciting episode today because can you believe that we are at episode 50 of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. Pop all of the balloons, all the candy, all of the things and let's celebrate. (laughs) Now, I was trying to think, of a really great way to celebrate doing 50 episodes of the podcast today. And I decided that the best way to do that was going to be to reach out to you, the wonderful people who actually listen and ask you what questions you had for me. So I threw that out on my Instagram and I've got a list here of a number of questions that have been asked and I'm going to tackle today as part of our 50th episode. So I said, when I threw it out on socials, that you could ask me anything that you liked, anything that you were curious about, whether it was personally, professionally, and everything in between. So, I will be going through those questions one by one shortly and sharing my answers with you in a way that is the truest to me, real raw Humour and heart, as always, and if you are a consistent listener of this show, you know that everything that I do, I try to tackle with humour and heart. Now, before we jump into those questions, though, I do want to remind you that if you are listening into this podcast and you are a team leader, a manager, or anything in between, and you know that your team might be needing a little bit of support in terms of career development, resilience... And really just career strategy, techniques, and tools to help you show up and have a greater impact to yourself, to your teams, to your stakeholders, and inside your organizations. Then reach out to me and let's have a conversation around how I can come in and inject a little bit of energy, some motivation, and some clear strategy back into place for your team. All right. Now, let's get back to the questions that I have been asked for episode 50 of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. So, I'm going to start with the first one that I have got here is from Alice. And Alice has asked me, what do you do if you don't think you like your career any more? Now, this is a question that I have been asked a number of times um, in workshops that I run, in other people's podcasts that I've been a guest on. So, it's definitely one that I know appears to come up um, as quite a common reflection that people have. And so, my answer to you, Alice, as a starting point is to get – let's get really practical – So, the first thing that I want you to do is to grab a piece of paper and a pen and I just want you to put a line down the middle of that page and I want you to make a list of the things in the left column when you're having your best days, what are you doing? And then in the right column, I want you to write a list of the things of when you are having your worst days, what are you doing, right? So, left column, best days, What are the things that I love when I'm having my best days. Right column, what are the things that I'm doing when I have those days where I just want to flip a table and get out? So, that's the first thing that I want you to do. Then I want you to go back and analyse those lists. And I want you to have a look, Alice, at what sits on the left side and the right side and really get into the detail of well, what are the tasks that are associated with the things that I'm doing on my best days and my worst days and what are the kinds of skills that I'm utilising right? When I'm having my best days, what skills am I utilising? Who am I engaging with or not engaging with? And when I'm having my worst days, what skills am I using? What tasks am I doing? And who am I engaging with or not? And that is going to give you some clues then into what I think is really, really important with your question. And that is to define whether the issue is actually the career or is it just the job? Might it actually be that maybe you're inside an organization at the moment where you're ready to step out? Maybe some of the frustrations that you're having or where you're feeling a little bit stuck are actually to do with the job and the environment and the culture that you're in. Perhaps it might be to do that you've just been in that job for too long and you might need a fresh challenge inside a new organization. So, not necessarily an entirely new career pathway, but instead just a job change an organisation change, right, and a fresh start somewhere new. That actually might be the thing that re-motivates and re-energises you. If you look at that list, though, and you're actually saying, no, all of the tasks that I'm doing, the things that I'm engaging in, I'm just not enjoying in general. It doesn't light me up anymore. Then that is going to start giving you clues as to maybe it is a a career transition that you need to start considering. So, if that is the case, Alice, then I want you to ask the question of, well, on that list that I've got there of what I do when I have my best days, where else could those skills that I utilize on those days, the characteristics that I have and the people that I engage with, where else might they be able to transfer? So, that is what I would do if I was you to get started. So, give it a go and then let me know how you go. I'm always here to help and dive into it in a little bit more detail with you if that's what you're after. Alrighty, what have we got next? Um, okay, the next question that I've got here is from Jenny. And that is, why do you do what you do? And how did you know that this was the right path for you? Oh, good question. That's a big question. Um, Why do I do what I do? I I do what I do because I worked out quite a few years ago um, what I was doing, what I was having my best days. So, the advice that I just gave to Alice, I did that myself and I stepped back and I worked out what are the things that really light me up. And what are the things that kind of don't? And then I dug into that a little bit deeper and I realized that I could, I could build a business out of doing the things that I really enjoyed. So, working with individuals and organizations to drive teams that are self-aware, to work with individuals to find careers that really light them up, to work with employees and teach them how to be impact players. And I learned through doing that reflective work that I'm deeply passionate about coaching, about training, about speaking. And so, how can I combine all of those things that I was passionate about and good at into something that I could do every day? And so, that is really why I do what I do because I worked out that those are the things that I love the most and if I could turn those into a business and bring that purpose to life, then that was probably going to be the thing that made, what could make me feel the most fulfilled. Um, and how did I know that it was the right path for me? I It felt good is probably the best answer that I can give to that. I'm not saying it it didn't feel scary. It still feels scary, but it felt good. And I knew and I still know that even when I have those moments where I'm tired and I'm exhausted and all I want to do is curl up on the couch and, and watch Netflix, that if I've got a speaking gig that I'm doing or if I've got a workshop that I'm facilitating, I know that I'll come off the back of that and I'll feel energized and I'll be reminded of why I do what I do and that still happens every single time. So, I think for me, that's how I know that this is the right path for you. I feel energized every single time that I do it. And so, until until one day that changes, I will continue to know that I'm doing the right thing for me. Oof, That's a great question though. Thank you. Very, very much to that one, Jenny. All right. What is the next one that I've got here? The next one I've got is from Emma. And that the question that Emma's asking is, do you suffer from imposter syndrome? And if so, how do you deal with it? Oh, absolutely. I suffer from imposter syndrome uh, more than I could even talk to in this podcast. And if you've been a listener of this podcast for some time, you know that I have got a couple of episodes where I've talked about Imposter syndrome. I've spoken about the four different types of imposters or the little gremlins that can take over our minds and how you can best manage them. So absolutely in answer to your question, in answer to your question. Yeah, I do suffer from it, but what I've learned over the years, Emma is that imposter syndrome is not a bad thing. And I think that I've learned to reframe it to be something that actually can be really powerful for you because it only ever comes up. When I'm doing things that make me feel a little bit uncomfortable, it only creeps up when I'm doing things that are outside of my comfort zone or when I'm doing things that perhaps I haven't done a number of times before where I feel confident in them. And that's when those little voices come up and my brain is ultimately trying to keep me safe. So it says things to me like, Oh, who are you to think that you could be in this room? Everybody in here knows more than you. You're the youngest here. They're judging you. They don't want to listen to what you have to say. Oh, you're an idiot. Why did you say that? Right. The brain can be so cruel. It can be so cruel when it's uncomfortable. And so it says those things to kind of just try to get you back in your box (laughs) and get you back to the things that you've, that are tried and tested and safe. And so I've learned over the years that. Firstly, those voices only come up when I'm doing something that requires courage. And I also know that on the other side of courage is when confidence comes. And confidence comes from taking action and doing the thing over and over and over again. And I also know that there are many things that I do in my day that I don't even think about because I've done them so many times that I feel confident, right? So, driving a car, having a shower, going for a walk. I don't feel fearful about these things because I've done them enough times now that I'm confident in them. And so, that's how I've reframed what imposter syndrome means to me. In terms of tips and things that I do to help myself when they do creep up, I use my brag book, which I've spoken to before on the podcast. And my my brag book is ultimately a list of achievements, accomplishments, positive feedback that I've received from clients that I've worked with along the way. And when I'm having those moments of, I can't do this, I look at that list because that list gives me data. It's evidence proving to me that I can do this stuff because I've done it before. And even if I haven't done that exact thing before, I've done hard things before. And if I make a mistake, I'll learn from it and I'll grow and that's okay. So, I hope that gives you a little bit um, of an answer, Emma, around do I have imposter syndrome? Hell yeah, I have it. Do I manage it? Yeah, I do. Not always perfectly. But for me, the objective with imposter syndrome is not about getting rid of it because I don't personally believe that you can. But instead, it is about minimizing the time in your brain between when you have those thoughts telling you you can't do this to when you then move past them and take action. Because for many, many years, I lost so much time just ruminating over all the reasons why I couldn't do something instead of just taking action on it. So, by you being stronger and more effective at managing the stories that you tell yourself in your mind, that in itself is going to help you manage that imposter and manage those stories. Awesome question, though. Thank you, Emma. Um, What else have we got here? Now, the next question that I have got is from Kirsten, which is what is your biggest career goal right now? That is a great question. It's a big question. Um, If I'm taking it at a really, really macro level, I think that my career goal right now is to do work I love with people I enjoy in a way that feels really good for me. So, do I have revenue targets? Yes, I definitely do. Do I have, um, you know, kind of projects that I'm trying to deliver on? Yes, definitely. But ultimately, for me, my biggest career goal is to do work I love with people I like in a way that I really enjoy. And I feel really proud of the fact that for the most part, I've really been able to achieve it. I think the other career goal for me at the moment is to continue to try to drive a business where I'm able to have the flexibility that I need to run it. So, for those of you that have been following closely over the last 18 months or so, in particular, you would know that I've had some ups and downs when it comes to health and struggles um, personally that I've been navigating with health and and some other things. And that has meant that I've had to flip a lot of things on their head in terms of the way that I do them and how I manage my diary and my availability. And I'm grateful for the most part to – I haven't done it perfectly, but I'm grateful for the most part that I've created a business that's enabled me to do that. And so, that's definitely been a goal of mine. I've still got a long way to go. Um, but we're on the right path and I feel really proud of that. So, thank you for that question. That's a great one. And the next question that I have here, which I actually got asked this question by multiple people, and that was, who would you like to interview on your podcast and why? It's just a great question because I think I've always thought about people who would be great to interview, but I've never, I've probably never thought about it detailed enough. And the person that I came up with, was Celeste Barber. I would love to have Celeste Barber on this podcast because I just think she represents a lot of what I stand for as well and I believe is a really great role model to have. And so, for anyone who doesn't know Celeste Barber, I suggest you look her up. And she is a comedian. She's an actor. She's an activist in a lot of ways. She really drives a lot of positive change by standing up for the things that she believes in consistently and in a way that is respectful and open-minded but also clear on what she believes. And I really love that about her. And what I love the most and probably why um, I, I find her somebody that I, I admire so much is that I believe she also has the perfect blend of humour and heart. Like obviously she's hilarious because she's a comedian, but she also brings heart and love and humility into everything that she does as well. She doesn't take herself too seriously, even though she is a highly intelligent and savvy businesswoman. And I think that's something that for me, I really admire and aspire to be as well as part of my own brand. As you know, I stand for humor and heart. I don't, I know the stuff. I know the theory, I know the jargon, I can talk to it, I'm backed with experience, but I don't need to get up there and talk like a robot. So I try to bring that humour, that heart, that rawness, that authenticity into everything that I do and I believe that she does that so well. So I think she would be the person I would love, 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 love to interview um, because it would be a really fun podcast, but I think we'd all learn a lot as well. So, that would be my answer to that question. For I think the three or four people who asked that question, it was an awesome one. Thank you for asking. Now, the next question I have got here is from Simone, and she has asked, when you've been stuck personally or professionally, what is the one thing that you did, read, or watched that moved you forward? Well, I I don't know if I have one thing that – that I do when I'm feeling stuck personally or professionally. I've learned a lot recently in particular that the way I cope when I'm stuck is that I know, you know, when, when I'm hit with something, um, that's quite difficult, I, I know that I need that time at first to digest it. And I usually like to do that alone. So I receive the information or if I'm feeling a bit demotivated or stuck, I need to just wrap my own head around that first. And so I'll often say, you know, I just like I just need a bit of space. When I say that, I I don't mean like forever. I just mean like like a day. (laughs) Just to just to wrap my head around it, to understand what's happening, to self-reflect a little bit, and to then pull myself out as best I can of that funk. And so I think that's probably the one thing I know about myself that I now do. And then the next thing from there is that I need and value human connection. Not necessarily huge groups of people when I'm feeling stuck, but I really value quality time. My love language is quality time. And so, if I'm feeling stuck and I need an energy lift to feel and to feel connected and re-energized, it's usually those beautiful one-on-one conversations that you have with a close friend and someone you really love where you can just let it all out and feel what you need to feel um, over a coffee or a tea or a wine or whatever it might be. Um, and I usually feel better after that. So the first part is just letting myself wrap my head around it, digest, be alone and then build connection. And those for me are, it's not, a, it's not necessarily a book. Um, or a movie or a song or anything like that, but they're the practical steps that I know that I need to take. Other super practical things I do when I'm feeling stuck is go and sit in the sun. (laughs) I've said this many times that I really believe I'm a better human when the sun is out and just sitting in the sun on the grass or feet in the sand, feet on the grass, face in the sun for 10 minutes and just that for me elevates my mood considerably and then that enables me to kind of fight whatever I need to fight in terms of the mental overload, the overwhelm, the negative thoughts, whatever it might be. So, that for me would be how I tackle things when I'm feeling stuck, either personally or professionally. Great question. All righty. How are we going here? What else we got? This one is from Anonymous, or they've asked to remain anonymous. And that is how do you find your purpose and drive again in your career after returning from maternity leave? Now, that is a beautiful question. And I'm not going to even pretend to sit here and answer that personally, um, because as as most of my listeners know, I don't yet have children. So, I don't feel like I'm in the best position to give the kind of uh, lived experience advice. But what I can share from the women that I support um, through coaching or the women that I support in a lot of the one on one programs that I run is the world has shifted for you. And so putting those expectations on yourself to be able to show up in the same way that you used to, do the same things that you used to in exactly the same way is an unfair expectation to put on yourself. What you care about has probably changed. What your world revolves around has changed. And so, even though a career might feel really important for you still, as is raising a young family. And so, where I often observe clients feeling that feeling of being stuck, not having the drive or the purpose as they did previously is because they haven't given themselves permission to accept that what success perhaps previously looked like for them, perhaps what they considered success to be, perhaps what they considered their purpose to be, has changed. And once we allow ourselves to accept that and we give ourselves permission to sit in that, I think the next step is to then ask those big questions around, well, what would it look like now for me to Live my purpose. And remembering as well that purpose isn't only found in our nine-to-five jobs. Purpose is found in many elements of life. But by asking those big questions around, well, how do I now define success? What does success mean for me now with a new baby in tow? With the aspirations perhaps to have another, as well as the aspirations to have a job where I'm doing meaningful and fulfilling work? What might that look like for me if that was working the way I think I'd like it to? And I would ask those questions as a starting point. And then I would ask myself the question around what are the things that light me up now, not pre-baby, now? What are the things that I think I do enjoy when I'm having those best days? Again, what do I think that looks like? And get really curious about that. But the first thing is that it starts with accepting that the goalposts have shifted for you. The goalposts have shifted in the most beautiful of ways since you've come back from maternity leave. You're different. Your life's different. And so what used to light you up might be different. What you've defined as your purpose previously might be different and that's okay. So I hope that that gives you a starting point of how to get curious in yourself again around what your drivers might be going forward, your purpose and what success looks like. But if you want to chat further, please reach out to me and I'm more than happy to, to have a one on one with you. All righty. Next question I have got here. I'm probably only going to do a couple more. And this one is from Jordan and it is, what is the best career advice that you've received? And what is the worst career advice you've received? All right. I think the best career advice um, that I can reflect on that I know actually ended up being a really pivotal thing for me is that the piece of paper doesn't matter, right? Go out and get the experience. And that for me, that was advice that was given to me when I was like 19 years old and I was participating in this kind of, it was an apprentice, you know, like old before he became a maniac, but the Donald Trump kind of old school style, the apprentice competition. I participated in one of those um, in Western Australia and got into, uh, I didn't win it, did not win it, got into the finals though. And I remember meeting a lot of mentors along the way. And I was first year uni at the time, or I think I was second year uni actually at the time. And I was working like three casual jobs And then try to juggle the study load as well. And the best piece of advice I got in that program from a mentor was you get the piece of paper in time. You will get there. But go out now and get that really practical lived experience in the job pathways that you want to go down. And so, for me, that was the catalyst for me to quit my three casual jobs and go and get a full-time job in marketing communications at the time. That was my first full-time gig. And I went out and I did that and then I still maintained a full-time study load as well. And it was actually the best thing that I ever did because I went out there and I got into the real workforce as well as doing that, doing university on the side. And all of a sudden, what I was actually studying came to life so much more because I was working in the environment where I was able to apply those learnings. So, that for me was um, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got. Yes, the piece of paper matters, doesn't really matter in the short term though, the experience and that work and life experience, that is what matters the most. Now, the worst piece of advice that I ever got um, was when I was really struggling in my last corporate role, I felt out of my depth, like everybody was judging me, I didn't feel confident, like all those imposter stories were just creeping in left, right and centre. Um, and somebody told me to center my pelvis. <laughs> to center my pelvis when I spoke, because that would make me feel stronger. And I I still can't I just I think I get it in principle, but it just really wasn't what I needed at the time to just center my pelvis and imagine myself talking through my pelvis <laughs> when I was thinking in these meetings. Um it wasn't helpful. It, it was not helpful advice. It was up there with the worst I've ever seen, but it still gives me a little bit of a lull these days um, to be thinking about my pelvis when I'm in meetings. So that would be my answer to those questions. Great ones. All right, I'm going to tackle two more And that is, this one is from Sim, who is a friend of mine and has asked, are you getting another hot dog? (laughs) Now, for those who are like, what the hell does that mean? That is code for will you be getting another sausage dog. For those who follow me online, you know how much I love my fur baby, Kransky. And the person who's asked this question has also got a little hot dog, a little sausage dog too. So, he will be asking to see if I'm also going to get a second one. I would love to. I feel like my husband's going to come home from work one day and there's just going to be a second little sausage dog puppy here. If he's listening, yep, babe, it's going to happen. (laughs) And the last question is from Prina and she is asking, have you ever considered someone interviewing you on your potty and passing the mic? Do you know what? I actually have considered that. Um, and I'm actually gonna throw it out. I'm gonna throw it out to the listeners. If you would like to interview me on my own podcast, you can ask me anything you liked. It liked <laughs> anything you like, and we will record it together. But you'll be the interviewer and I'll be the interviewee. So if you're listening and you like the idea of being a podcast host for a day reach out to me and let and I will pick out of out of all the requests that I get I will pick the person who tells me why they want to do it and we'll do that together we'll record some magic and we will use that for a future podcast episode So there you have it my friends I have to, I've got a fair few more questions here that I've just picked out a couple today um, to share a little bit with you about who I am, what lights me up, why I do what I do, that I absolutely suffer from those imposter syndrome thoughts and I absolutely get stuck from time to time, professionally and personally. And it is tough sometimes to lift yourself out and keep going, but no one will lead us more than we can lead ourselves. And so, I like to take all of the experiences that I have, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and try to take them and then just continue to channel them into what I believe in and what I stand for. Again, which is that humor piece, laugh where you can, don't take yourself too seriously, and heart, which is love deeply, care deeply, believe deeply, and know that your time will come even though it might not feel like it sometimes, your time will come. So that is it from me today for a 50th episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I hope you're loving what you're hearing. I hope you'll keep hanging around and I can't wait for us to get to our 100th episode and see what we do to celebrate that. As always, if you've got any questions for me, please feel free to reach out. I'm here for you and to support you to drive a career and leadership that you love. So whether it's coaching, my Transform Your Career program or a workshop inside your organization, I'm here to support you, your teams and your organizations. Have a beautiful day and I will see you again very, very soon. Well, that's it for another episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. It has been amazing to have you here and I am always so grateful for you taking the time to pop me in your ears as you go about your day or night. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Eating Your Cake 2. And if we aren't connected on LinkedIn yet, reach out and say hi. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love if you would leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with me here too. Until next episode, you've got this, you can do it, you are doing it, and remember to back yourself and what you have to offer. Hey there, thanks for hanging on and thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. I truly love having you with me, but I want to make sure that you know if you're ready to work together exactly how we can do it. The first way is through my Game Changing Transform Your Career 6-Week Accelerator Program. This 6-Week Online Program is for busy professional women who are ready to regain control of their career and leadership once and for all. Go from feeling like just another employee to an in-demand asset in your company. Stop feeling lost, stuck and unmotivated and instead feel confident, worthy of earning more and armed with the tools to go out and get what you want. The Transform Your Career Accelerator cuts the crap and gets right to the key levers that you need to be pulling to ensure you are seen, heard and noticed at work. Add to this an epic group of like-minded women, all coming together to share insights, learnings and to build a new network along the way. If this sounds like something you need, then join the waitlist now. The link is in the show notes. The second way you can work with me is through my private one-on-one coaching program, where I only take a very limited number of clients each year by application. My six-month private programs are for you if you know you need tailored coaching and guidance now. You want a container of space and time just for you to work through your exclusive and unique goals. You don't want to wait for the wait list in my other programs because you know you want access to my brain and my experience all to yourself. If this sounds like you, then book a free call in my diary today and let's chat. Lastly, if you want me in your organization to come and share my tried and tested knowledge with your team on how we can all collectively elevate our own leadership and career success, then jump on my website and download the services info pack or grab it from the link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening.